3: Radio.
4: And it is that time, Fix-It Radio, KLZ 560, Charlie Unger, or Charlie Unger, Larry Unger with me today, Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer, sorry, Charlie, sorry, Larry, didn't mean to get you guys, you know, crossed over there.
0: Uh, all right, I, you know, I, I been appreciate Charlie, I do.
4: Okay, all right, <laughs> you Eubank joining us today as well. Wynn, how are you, sir?
2: I'm good, this morning, John, how about
4: yourself? Good, give everybody the name of your business while we're at it, Wynn.
2: Woodworking Wonders.
4: All right, Woodworking Wonders, and I brought Wynn on today specifically because, Wynn, you do a lot of kitchen stuff, don't you?
2: We, we do primarily cabinets, but, yes, we get involved with a little bit of remodel. We're not a remodeler, but we do
4: um,
2: kitchen design, sales, and install.
4: Okay, and the reason I wanted to bring Wynn on today is I had read an article earlier this week, and I also just from... You know, looking at different, you know, homes and different things along those lines that, you know, I've I've you know, I'm always kind of doing that anyways when not that I need to move tomorrow, but I'm just one of those guys. that's always, you know, looking and looking around and and my wife and I both. And I will tell you that, you know, in all of the sort of, of uh, viewings I've done in the last couple of years, you run across all sorts of things where you sort of have to just stand back and scratch your head and say, what was somebody thinking when they designed this?
2: <laughs> Isn't that the truth?
4: And so I wanted to bring you on and really do some, you know, and, and for everybody listening, because a lot of you are listening, well, because will, when here's the other thing that's happening people that have a very low interest rate, which not blaming anybody, they've got a low interest rate on their mortgage. They'd like to do some fix up stuff around the house. They're not willing to give up that mortgage and move into something else that might even suit them a little better. So they've decided, hey, we're just going to stay where we're at, make some upgrades to what we have, and away we go. So I thought today we'd talk about some of the things you should do versus things maybe that you should never do and maybe some in-betweens that depending upon you and how long you're going to stay in the home and the kitchen and so on, you know, okay, great, fine, make that decision. But I believe when there's some definite do-nots that affect the resale value of the house.
2: You're absolutely correct, John.
4: Okay, so you know what? I I always want to start with, uh, or I, I like ending on a positive note, so let's start with the what should you never do when it comes to redoing your kitchen.
2: What should you never do?
4: You yeah, what should, should you never do?
2: You should definitely not hire the lowest guy no. that does not insurance and is not willing to play the permit game. As much as we hate the permit game, it's there to protect you and your greatest
4: asset. True, true. Okay, I like that one. That that's uh, I, I wasn't thinking along those lines, but you know, you're you're spot on because you're. What's that old saying? You get what you pay for. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I've, I've uh, over the years, not personally, but I've seen other individuals where, yes, the lowest-priced person was hired, and at the end of the day. In fact, when you most likely aren't really saving any money because of the mistakes that are made by those types of individuals and the corners that are cut, you're paying for that on down the road one way or another.
2: I've actually seen it go the other way around, where it turns out to be the more expensive program. Yes. If-
4: yeah, typically is, typically is. All right. So, we're not going to hire the the low price guy. We're also going to make sure that we, you know, permit and do things accordingly. Okay, and, there, and there's a question for you really quick as kind of a of a sideline. What types of things have to be permitted? I mean, if you just replace kitchen cabinets and countertops, does that need permitted? No. If, if
2: at least in Colorado, the state of Colorado, we we are not required as cabinets only to not do that. But that's a great question, John. Let's let's kind of clarify that a little bit. If we're just going to take the cabinets out, replace the sink, redo the countertops, we're not going to touch anything inside the walls. Okay. We we do not necessarily need a permit.
4: Okay. Uh,
2: Lakewood is a little bit different. They kind of think that they should be. Uh, on a permit in that program, but the rest of Colorado, that is not the case.
4: Why, why um, does Lakewood but, feel? I mean, I, I know you can't answer for government ent- ent- you know, entities, but right. why, why do they feel they but, need to permit a a you know quote unquote cabinet redo?
2: I would say you know from my homeowners' point of views that um, have talked to me, they kind of feel like it's a money grab.
4: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't. Cause know that I'm, that I'm guessing because correct me if I'm wrong. There's nothing structural. There's nothing on the safety quote unquote end of things that would require that. Am I right? Am I thinking
2: that you're absolutely correct Okay. now in your question earlier, when do we feel like we should definitely go for a permit to protect our asset? Um, That, that, and, and, you know, a lot of people don't realize homeowner permits are actually pretty easy. And due to the fact that most um, inspectors don't want to deal with homeowners, they're just, it's really quick and easy, in and out, and if something's wrong, hey, get that fixed. If nothing's wrong, here you go. You're signed off on it. Okay. But uh, but the moment we need a permit is the moment that we open up a wall and we're going to change plumbing or electrical or, as you've already mentioned,
4: structural. Okay. So we're going to remove a wall. We're going to you know, move something from one side of the kitchen to the other, and we're going to open up an opening or close an opening or something along those lines, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. All right. So that's the first thing. Make sure we hire the right individuals. We do it correctly. We're permitting it the way we should. And by the way, folks, as you all know, get you know good referrals. If you can see the work even that's been done by the other company, and they should be more than willing to let you know where those customers are and even want, honestly when want to walk you through some of their previous projects. To, if they're proud of what they've done, they're going to want to show you those things, correct?
2: Most of my customers would invite anybody that yeah. my next customer Say hey, bring them over. Yeah, love, love
4: it. Yeah, that was a great point. Okay, so we've got that part of it handled. We know who we've picked out. As we talk more on the design side of things, what are things people and and I? I can almost rattle a few of these off on my own, but I will, I will uh, give this to you instead. What are things we should never do when it comes to the remodel? You
2: know, we got to stay away from um, the funky. Okay without a doubt and that's um you know if if you're gonna live in that house for the rest of your life if you want to put a volkswagen bug hood over top of the 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 cooktop
4: knock your socks off
2: yeah go for it but if you're if you're looking at uh a return on your investment you got to stay away from that kind of stuff
4: well and really quick, when i want to interject too for a lot of you listening and when what you said don't don't disagree if you're going to live there the rest of your house you know the rest of your life you know more power to you but keep in mind somebody at some point, kids. Whoever is going to get a hold of that have to do a resale. The other thing that might happen along the way, depending upon each and every situation, you may be looking at doing a mortgage or a reverse mortgage. And when you and I both know, as much as they say the interior doesn't matter when it comes to appraisals, trust me, it does, and that could nick your appraisal as well.
2: Especially the kitchen.
4: That's right. That's right. They they walk in and see that Volkswagen bug hood, and if that's the only thing that appraiser, which, by the way, it would be, if it's the only thing his eye is centered on and they don't see anything else in the house, it just nicked your appraisal.
2: I've had to spruce up or replace three kitchens to make a house qualify for a reverse mortgage.
4: Okay. so So, again, folks, that is one of those things where as we get a little older and you think, yeah, I'm going to live in this house the rest of my life. Well, that's, yeah, you may actually, and that's fine. More power to you. But you may want to do some different things financially speaking, and those decisions could have an impact, is my point, on what you and I are talking about right now. And that's the only thing I want people to realize is, yeah, you can do it the way you want, but just remember, there might be repercussions for that. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So stay away from the funky. And by the way, I've seen some really funky things similar to what Wynn's talking about where it's like, what was somebody thinking? Because now this house is on the market, and it's like, uh, yeah, no, that's not cool. That's just, yeah, it's going to be the first thing somebody moves in and tears out. So why bother?
2: And here's a simple one that you know I would never tell anyone not to do, but I do warn them, especially if they're if they're thinking about if they're going to resell it in X amount of time down the road. Um, Hickory is a love it or hate it program.
4: Mm. Good point. Good point. You wouldn't think,
2: you wouldn't think something so simple, but um, I can tell you that you know I have customers that love hickory, yep. and then other customers they take they walk in the house, they could love the house and they'd be like, this kitchen's out of here.
4: Yeah. The other thing that I see as being trendy that I think is another thing along those lines, and I don't have anything in my notes that says this. I just know this from personal experience is. You know butcher block tops. Now, if you're in a smaller bar area, something like that, and it looks really cool and it's a nice accent, fine. But I don't know uh, when if I would do butcher block tops for my counter all the way through a kitchen.
2: I've done I've done more than one, John. Um, I has not I I caution the customer against it. But with all my customers, i warned. If, if I think they should not do something, there's a three times warning, and a, on the third time, I'm like, sign them up
4: that's what they want yeah and again the only reason i say that folks is because it's sort of it's sort of along the lines when of what you just said a moment ago on the hickory end of things some people love that look some people hate that look and if you're going to try to sell the house on down the road and even go back to the appraiser side they have they have opinions and things they like and dislike as well and that's one of those items that's either love it or hate it yep okay um you got something, Larry? Go ahead.
0: Yeah, when I was going to ask you, do you uh, would you recommend that they somebody call you and have you come out and do a, an appraisal or an evaluation of the kitchen so they can you can give them some ideas?
4: Good question. Yes.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. We we do kitchen designs all the time. That's actually um, so. Back in the day, I was nothing but an installer. You know, was you know coming up in the construction world, doing some remodels, doing some you know little projects of all different kinds. And uh, I got tired of following behind designers that don't quite have it all together yet. Yet. I'm not, I'm not nicking on designers here, right? you know, but makes sense. Some of, some of them just don't have it all together. And you know, it's a hard thing unless you're in my world and you can understand it. And some of it, I didn't understand until after I got into it more. Um, Every factory, the nomenclature is different. The way they build stuff is different. Mm. So, it's not just every cabinet factory that builds everything exactly the same. So you order something and you think it's an easy thing, um, you know, and I've got one cabinet factory I'm thinking of in mind. I ordered two Lazy Susan cabinets, and I thought it would be boringly easy, and they showed up, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> this is crazy. Good point. And I rebuilding those Lazy Susan cabinets right then and there on site. But anyway, I got started into it, Larry, by saying – you know, why don't I just become the designer as mm. well as the salesman and yeah. put in a little bit more pocket? And more importantly, I'm the installer, so I know how it goes together, and I'm not fixing this stuff up front. Yeah. Uh, I'll just be doing it for, I'm doing it for myself now. Uh, there's a lot of times, you know, kitchens go in one, two, three, and a lot of people that have gone through a kitchen install can tell you it doesn't go one, two, three.
4: No, normally it's one through ten.
2: <laughs> good point and good then point.
4: some no i know i know exactly what you mean you know it, and and you know and i also know in defense of when as well i also know when even in your world that some things can change once you get into a remodel especially on an older home where you have no idea what was done prior to you being there and you get something opened up and it's like oh man this is nothing of what i anticipated was going to be here we're now going to have to do some additional things to, you know, you shore things up or the, the floor is buckling under the cabinet or there's water damage. Nobody could see, or, 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 I mean, I can go down the list. Those are also things that come up as well. Right.
2: Yeah. You were, you were having, um, I think it was last week, uh, you were having a conversation about rodents.
4: Yes. Yes.
2: And, and we were doing a job, a kitchen job and in no way, shape, or form were we going to change anything that was going to be a simple, no permit required. And, um, uh, for some reason, somebody punched a hole in the drywall. In the first stud bay that we punched a hole in, the stud bay was seven inches full of dog food. Wow! From wow. rodents into there. Now we thought, okay, that's kind of fun and interesting by itself. But then, one what somebody on the job site—I'm not sure who—said, "You know, we might take a peek a little bit more into this." And the homeowner said, "You know what? You're right." Let's cut two foot of drywall off the bottom of the whole thing. Every stud bay. Wow.
4: Was of, wow. Bay. Amazing. So they've been going through each little hole that they could find and just packing more food in.
2: Well, and, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, they don't see a house before it's Yeah, They don't realize there's a hole through every stud. That's right. Wall.
4: That's right. You got those it. Romex condomin- plumbing, whatever, and those mice are just running back and forth.
2: Yep, exactly correct.
4: It's yep. like a like a little highway there, a food highway.
2: So, like you said, there's always going to be something that you know the, the best guy that can anticipate everything is still not going
4: to yeah. everything. Yeah, great point. Great point. All right, one other design side of it, and I know you're really big on this, is just the overall flow of the kitchen. What do you see as again, you know, the the, the big don'ts when it comes to kitchen? You know, where the sink is placed, where the where the Oven is placed, and I I realize in some cases if you're just changing out cabinets and everything's kind of the way it was, you're probably not going to get into a lot of redesign there. But if you can start from a fresh slate, what are things you tell people when it comes to that end of things as to where they position stuff?
2: Well, I love to cook as well, Um, and I don't like to clean. Um, So um, one of the things is uh, in the design world, we're taught to create a triangle, and that triangle is in between the sink, the stove, and the oven. And the dishwasher is usually in that in inside of that triangle, um, and if you go outside of that, you're creating what we call a marathon kitchen.
4: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. No, and whoever did mine, I mean, I bought mine totally redone. That's exactly the way they did it. It's you know everything you just mentioned is inside of that triangle, and it makes it very easy for what you're talking about. And a lot, and I've seen a lot where. this – Definitely not the case. To your point, you're running back and forth to do all sorts of things, which, as you say, when it just gets tedious, if you're really using the kitchen, and I realize not everybody does those sorts of things. Again, one thing I'm trying to remind everybody of is we're we're trying to think long-term, and if you're not, especially not going to be in that house for the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, and you're going to resell it at some point, you need to be thinking through those things. Correct. Okay. What about, you know, colors and things along those lines? I'm also one where uh, and I know it's easy to get trapped into some of the trendy things that are going on in a particular, you know, era, and I know right now that even some of the trends of the 70s is kind of coming back with lime green appliances and things along those lines, which when I never thought in my day I'd ever see that ugly stuff come back because I grew up with that nonsense, and I would tell people right now, flat out, unless you're living with that for an extended period of time, do not go that direction. That's just my opinion.
2: Um, You're right, John. I'm seeing it more and more. You know, and some of it, I have to admit from my side, I'm not offended by it. I would not put it in my designs.
0: When John and I were talking earlier about, you know, you, you have cabinets that have been there for, oh, ten, fifteen 10, 15 years. Now you decide you want to paint them. Is that a good idea?
2: Wow, Larry, that's um, that's a dangerous question. But at the same
4: time. <laughs> no, um, and, no, and uh, you know what? That, dangerous but a good question, Wynn, because as you also know, and this is, for those of you listening, that maybe you don't know this, and Wynn, you can expand on this. In fact, what I want to do is take a break and come back so we've got more time on that. But as you know, there's a lot of of um, improvements, I guess you could say, in that whole world as far as even paint quality, how long it lasts, and so on. So I don't want to say that it's a never uh, – you know it, it's not a never, but I want you to qualify when it is a good time and when it is not as soon as we come back. Can you do that? Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back. And again, uh, Wynn, you bank with us. If you have a question, by the way, for Wynn – Best thing to do since he's on air with us, and it's always tough with two calls at the same time. Text me a question, and I'll ask Wynn the question. 307-200-8222. But Wynn Eubank from Woodworking Wonders is with us. This is... Fix It Radio. And again, folks, don't forget Stack Optical, who is a great, great sponsor of not only this program, but Drive Radio and Ready Radio as well. Stack Optical, anything you need when it comes to eyewear, even those of you that do some things around the house, like we're talking about right now, or you may be a do it yourself, or you may work in your own little shop, you may do woodworking, you might do some metalworking, you, you name it, whatever it happens to be, you might be even an outdoorsman, hunting, fishing, all of that. Stack Optical can design. A, a set of eyewear that fits you and whatever you're doing specifically. And they've even got some eyewear where the lenses are interchangeable depending upon what you're doing. And Alan can even do things like trifocals in a different way. In other words, in a lot of cases, you're looking you know down for the bifocal and up for something else. He can reverse some of that depending upon what you're typically doing. And Alan can tailor that to whatever your needs are. So Stack Optical, 303-321-1578.
3: Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720 500 where we've been serving Coloradans for over 20 years. Government agencies continue to raise the cost of financing, whether to purchase or refinance. Let us show you how not to pay these increased fees with loan programs designed to pay less interest and put you in control of your equity. If you want to purchase a home with the rates in the 3s or you want to have access to your equity, call Affordable Interest Mortgage 720-895-0500. In these difficult times you can still save. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. And the MLS 298191 regulated by DORA.
4: Novus Auto Glass in Fort Collins is now hiring experienced and non experienced Auto Glass technicians. 401k, health and dental insurance, paid time off, and wages starting at $17 an hour going all the way to $25 an hour based on experience. Apply by calling at 970 227 1234. Again, Novus Auto Glass in Fort Collins, 970 227 1234.
1: You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Leuenberger with American National Insurance now at 303 662 that's 303 662
5: Winter is nearing its end, but the threats to your roof's integrity are not. Warmer temperatures mean melting snow and spring rains. Don't wait until there's water inside your home to act. Be proactive today by calling Roof Savers Colorado. Here at Roof Savers, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement without compromising the performance of your roof. This 100% plant-based product gives you the new roof performance without new roof costs. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. With over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. Call today to schedule your free roof inspection. Call us at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCo.com today to ensure your roof can keep unwanted leaks away.
4: This is
2: an encore of an earlier program. We are not able to accept your calls.
4: All right, we are back. And it's myself, Larry Unger, Charlie Grimes, of course, your engineer. And if you've got a question for Wynn specifically on kitchen design, remodel, text us a question, 307-200-8222, wynn bank. Woodworking wonders with us. All right, Larry asked about the cabinet painting. And by the way, it's a question that I had as well because I see a lot of houses win where you go through them and you can just tell by looking and not saying it's always bad. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not because that's another area where they've really improved upon the quality of and how that's actually done. But painted cabinets, you know, when talking about painting, not buying them that way, but taking an old cabinet and painting it, good, bad, or otherwise, what is it?
2: Like I said, it's dangerous. The first thing we can do is we can toss out one, two, three. That's, that's out the door. Um, because the first thing, we've lived in this kitchen for 10 years or more, and one-third of those cabinets are covered in grease, cooking grease, mm-hmm. and it doesn't stick to grease. So how do we get rid of that? Every portion of the cabinets needs to be washed down with TSP, trisodium phosphate. Okay. Uh, definitely want to do, want to be using the rubber gloves for that. So that kind of tells us where that that stops that, right? Gotcha. Once it's washed down with that, then we're going to start about painting our cabinets. Oh, wait. Before we paint them, we really want to upgrade the hinges and the door glides, you know, and get them to catch up to the new world as well, correct? Yes. Um, we're going to want to go in and we're going to want to fix anything that needs to be um, brought up to snuff. Let's say let's, the first thing I do when someone says, hey, I just want to paint these cabinets, I open up the sink cabinet. If the bottom of that cabinet is destroyed, I'm like, okay, we can do this, but I don't suggest it because I can already tell you these cabinets have been in here for way too long. Every the sink cabinet is sagged; it's a, it's gone.
4: Yeah, we're, you're going to spend as much money rebuilding as you would to replace, right?
2: Yes, exactly. Okay. Now, now that all that is going to get us to the point of where we're going to start to paint, and you actually already just touched on something. If we paint that and we can tell afterward that it's been painted, it's a fail.
4: Yeah. Good point.
2: And, and you know, I have seen some companies do it and do it very, very well. But I'm going to tell you that if it's going to be done well, the only portion of the cabinets that should be painted in the house are the boxes and the carcasses. The doors should be taken to a shop and sprayed Mm -hmm. so that it, like it was done in a factory
4: correct correct yeah fully agree with that yeah i can't i can't disagree with any of that now question on the trendy side of things and i know that it's very trendy now to go to all the different colors and i've seen literally everything when almost the rainbow of colors i'm not exaggerating in different homes and i think you really if you're going to go that route even even doing it the way you just said where it's You've got cabinets that are in great shape. In fact, maybe they're not that old, but you just don't like the look of the maybe wood cabinet. You want to go ahead and put paint on it instead. There's nothing physically wrong with the cabinet, so you do the things that you're talking about, maybe change the hardware at the same time. Are there certain colors to stay away from? We already we really
2: kinda of already covered that. You know, anything that's um, you know <clears throat> yikes. Um, you know, but like I said, i I'm not offended by that, you know, but I know that you know other people it's it's not going to fly with them that's all there is to it hmm. you know I'm not a big fan of the antiseptic white kitchen but I've done 10 of them in the last 15 years
4: that's really become a huge trend is to have everything everything white and again I again like you there's some some places you look at that and it looks very clean and it's neat and I'm kind of that clean freak kind of a guy although I would yeah. think that that you know sort of quote unquote hospital look would get old after a while I I
2: I couldn't live with it. Gotcha. But I'm, but I'm a I'm a very rustic guy.
4: Yeah, and again, and that that's the other thing too. Just you know, and even you know this as well as as I. That's great for even you know I am kind of the same way. I like that as well, but I also know that not everybody's that guy either. Not everybody's you and me. So you have to kind of design around that, knowing what's coming down the road.
2: I I cry when I watch people yanking out you know, natural stone fireplaces and, you know, right. uh, nice nice woodwork, and they're putting in all this ultra-modern-looking stuff. But, you know, if that's what the people want, that's what we give them.
4: All right, I got a question that just came in as well. Okay. Does a wood finish exist that you can apply over an existing wood fl- wood finish? We would like to go from the natural to gray on our birch cabinets. We don't know how best to do that. Also, why do custom cabinet makers sometimes use the crappiest European hinges? I've had to replace most of our 20-year-old-plus cabinet hinges at least once. By the way, two great questions.
2: That, that is a great question. Um, not all cabinet manufacturers use crappy hinges, but yes. Um, you got to remember, they're a factory, and at the end of the day, that bottom dollar, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but if they can save twenty-five cents per hinge, that adds up yeah. big time. True, True.
4: True. Good know? point.
2: So that, we have to kind of look at that. You know, um, I'm I'm picky about hinges myself. I'm a big fan of the Blum hinge, but I'm not a big fan of the Blum George Glide. I prefer the headage. It's a German. It, they're both European German, and uh, one's a needle bearing, the other's a ball bearing, and it's self cleaning. Okay. So if you get some dirt. Or it cleans itself
4: out. Got it. Makes sense. That one that one is makes total sense yep. and and uh oh, okay, so going back to the the wood finish side of the fence. Before we get to that though, somebody just asked also, do you yourself do any cabinet painting and have the ability to do that? I do not. You do not. Okay. That's an easy question. All right. So go back to the wood finish question.
2: The wood finish question. Um Minwax makes a stain that is pigmented, that you can go over an existing stuff. Um, it is not how, how do I want to? It's not for the amateur. Okay, is the best way to put it. Okay, and once again, we got to play the TSP game to begin with. Okay, because we got that grease on there. Right, I understand we want to change the colors. We got good cabinets. We want to change the colors a little bit. We want to gray them up. And I'm not a big fan of Minwax products, but the Minwax polyurethane with the gray in it is actually a great product. But you've got to play with it a little bit. Um, you really want to spray it. You don't want to brush it. And do it on a practice piece first with a small can and see if this is something you really want to do or not. Right. Because it's not for the amateur.
4: Gotcha. Now, good question on my part. Does that have to be sanded and all of that first? I mean, I know you've got to get everything cleaned off like you just said a moment ago. Do you then need to sand some of that down to apply the Minwax, or how does that work, Wynn?
2: Yes, thank you for reminding me, John. The, every, everything should be scuffed up to get to – the, the product's called Poly Shades. Um, you, you've got to wash it with TSP and then come back through with sponge sanders and scuff sand everything so that the Poly Shades has – what it's doing is it's giving the – new finish something to bond Yeah, adherence
4: with. right it's an adherence uh, what we're doing to make it adhere, correct
2: yeah um it, it's it needs something to grab onto if that's that smooth shiny surface it'll be able to peel off later if it's got all those little scratches it grabs onto
4: those right and and, and that product is filling in those scratches so everything looks good when it's all said and done it's you know it, it's not it's not any different than a lot of different things that are out there when where you've got to get a good bonding surface first otherwise the product on top's not going to stay
2: we have to when we're finishing a door in the, in the shop and let's say we stain it first then we put a the proper way is we put a sealer on it um, in our shop we kind of cheat we use a thinned down version of the top coat as our sealer So we put put a sealer on it first, stuff sand it, and then put the top coat on top. Um, Now, it's funny you mentioned that and you got me into this, but, you know, everybody wants to go to waterborne finishes now. Um, One of the things I've learned now that we've been playing with waterborne finishes for almost 15 years Mm. is in a chemical finish, we can get away with two coats to get the same feel in a waterborne finish we have to go to a third coat mm. because the first one raises the grain.
4: Okay. Okay. Makes you know, sense. In all
0: this conversation, is was talking about wood cabinets. What if you have a laminated cabinet?
4: Oh, even better question. To do what,
0: Larry? Pa- paint it or re- – well, I don't think you can restain it, but you could probably You'd paint have to paint, it. yeah. You, you You would have to paint, and I would say no. No. Okay.
4: Yeah, I, I, would, you, I would think on a laminate cabinet win and just knowing what I know from kind of the automotive side, that's a tough one to get adherence to, yeah. to, to handle. Am well, I right?
2: It is. What you would have to do is you would have to thinly coat it with something like spray 77 first so that that glue bonds to the plastic and then the paint can bond to the glue.
4: Okay. Okay.
2: But I, I, I'm 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 going to say just no.
4: Okay. Makes total sense. Okay. Other do's and don'ts when it comes to that?
2: To painting cabinets?
4: Yeah, to painting cabinets.
2: Well, my personal opinion is just no.
4: <laughs> okay.
2: Um, but I know, like I said, I've seen a couple guys do it and do it really well, but I'm going to tell you that probably 90% of the paint jobs I see on cabinets, I can tell they were painted, and that's, that's the first no.
0: Now, when you're painting cabinets, would you recommend a brush painting or a spray painting? Spray, yeah. spray, yeah.
2: But And then, Larry, um, when I when I talk about spray, and John's going to know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking cans. I'm talking industrial equipment. Yep. Right. You know. Yeah. Or, or HPLP. A lot of people aren't going to understand that. That's high volume, low pressure. Um, so you're, we're going to be using air assist. Spray guns
4: yep. in some fashion. Yep. Yeah. Much like you'd paint a car, Win. Not much different, really. Exactly, exactly correct. Yep. Yeah. And, and which is which is how you get things, you know, put on evenly, no brush strokes. I mean, every, everything is going to look like it came out of the factory when you do it that way. Now, when I can, everything you've already said, I'm thinking here, listening to this, saying, okay, I, everything I'm hearing, am I saving any money when this is all said and done? With maybe the exception of I haven't had to pull. Yeah, I guess maybe this is the only time this might be a, an advantage win, is if I can do all of this, not have to pull countertops off and go through all of that, I might save a little bit of money. But if I'm looking at changing countertops and a whole nine yards, I don't think I've saved any money with everything you've mentioned.
2: If, you, if you're pulling countertops, you're not saving any money, in my personal opinion. Now, I have, um, in the last 15 years, easily done probably seven kitchens, where I was brought in and they said, we want to change the kitchen, we realized we made a mistake, we ordered the granite, and now we really should do the kitchen. What's it gonna cost to do that? It's gonna cost a little bit more because it's a pain in the butt a little bit, but we've done it and we've salvaged the granite and replaced everything uh, I've done it at least five five, six, seven times.
4: okay, and that's the other thing too that we Larry and I were even talking before we came on air today that you you read all sorts of things and I've read these of late where you know granite is on its way out. You shouldn't be putting that in it's it's a trend that's now over. Your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, you know it's it's all personal opinion and you know everybody now is, is a big fan of courts and courtsite. to me. I think it looks contrived, but that's just me. I like a real rock. Um, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, salesman hype about, you know, what can make this a better product or whatnot. I I don't like the look of it, so I I don't I don't design with it.
4: Okay. All right. I also know too that folks you know, folks will get into some of the man made countertops, quartz, things along those lines. I know with some of those you also have to be careful because they can uh, not be as durable as granite in some cases, depending upon you know what you buy and who you buy it from and how it's manufactured and so on. I think there's a lot of misconceptions on that. That a sales guy will say, "Oh no, no, this is tougher than granite." Well, there's very few things out there that are tougher than natural rock. Win,
2: I, I, John, I'm 100% with you, but you, but you're right. Those salesmen, every one of them, will come back and say, "Oh no, this is a better product than granite."
4: Right. Yet tell me how it's better than man-made rock, because I also know that, you know, I mean, granite it's just it's so forgiving on so many levels. And I know some are saying, well, it's just going out. It was a trend that was here and it's, it's no longer going to be here. And you wonder when at times is that really the designers saying that or is this some sort of an environmental thing to where they, you know, they're tired of cutting rock and and you know is this is this a tree hugger sort of a of an angle and i don't know the answer to that by the way i have a hard time believing it's all just designers saying this
2: i i'm with you i i don't understand where that trend is at you know uh a, a man-made rock is just beautiful
4: yeah yeah i can't I, disagree with that yeah I, 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 okay all right so Going back to the design end of things, and I know we kind of got off on you know cabinet painting and all of that, but on the design end of things, give us another don't do.
2: There's 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 a lot of don't do's, but you know, um, you know, it, it's, it, it, you just got to stay away from the funky. That's the biggest thing.
4: Okay. What yeah. what about like you know, as you're designing the kitchen and maybe your kitchen's a thoroughfare to another part of the of the house, do you need to be careful with your walkways and things along those lines to where you're not, you know, blocking things in or making people walk around funky things that way? I mean, I, and again, every house is a little different. Some kitchens, you know, you pass through from the garage to the main part of the house. And, you know, are those things to really pay attention to or does it not matter?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, but we we have... You know, in the design world, we have a lot of rules that we, we don't even think about until that thing is right in front of us, you know. Um, and, for instance, like you just said, if the garage pathway through is through the kitchen, we want to keep that a um, walkway a little bit larger than a normal walkway. Okay. Because somebody's be there at the island doing something, and other people have to pass through, and we need to be able to have yep. a bigger room. But those, all, all those things they don't even pop up at us until we, um, <clears throat> um, until they're like right in front of us. You know, I, right. you don't even think about right. these rules until they're in front of you. Well, and, you
4: I, and, I, and I also know, and, and I, you know. I guess, you know, if you have a nice large room and you've got the ability to add a few inches or feet here or there to do all that, I also know there's times where that's just not possible. You're working inside of a square box. The house is only a certain size. You really don't have much choice. You're going to work with, you know, that's an old, you're going to run with what you brung sort of a thing, and you may not have much of a choice. And I get that as well. And, you know, that's where a good designer needs to sit down and really look at everything to make sure you're doing it properly, right?
2: Yeah. I I make all my customers give me a list of, do's and don'ts you know um i'm a big fan of a lazy susan i'm working with a customer right now absolutely will not have a lazy susan but wants the magic corner Mm. i'm like what's the difference they're the same thing
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to take another break. Here's a couple more questions that came in. Think about this through the break. Please provide input on using two different stone surfaces in the kitchen, i.e. one on the perimeter, one on the center island. I've seen some of that as well, by the way. And then thoughts on epoxy countertops. you Eubank again with us. Uh, Woodworking Wonders. We'll be right back. This is Fix-It Radio, KLZ 560.
1: You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Leuenberger with American National Insurance now at 303 662 That's 303-662-0789.
5: Winter is nearing its end, but the threats to your roof's integrity are not. Warmer temperatures mean melting snow and spring rains. Don't wait until there's water inside your home to act. Be proactive today by calling Roof Savers Colorado. Here at Roof Savers, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement without compromising the performance of your roof. This 100% plant-based product gives you the new roof performance without new roof costs. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. With over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. Call today to schedule your free roof inspection. Call us at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCo.com today to ensure your roof can keep unwanted leaks away.
4: Novus Auto Glass in Fort Collins is now hiring experienced and non-experienced auto glass technicians. 401k, health and dental insurance, paid time off, and wages starting at $17 an hour, going all the way to $25 an hour based on experience. Apply by calling 970-227-1234. Again, Novus Auto Glass in Fort Collins, 970-227-1234.
3: Seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. That's seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. And the 298 two nine eight one nine one, regulated by Dora.
2: This is an encore of an earlier program. We are not able to accept your calls.
4: All right, we are back. to Radio KLZ five sixty. Win Eubank from Woodworking Wonders with us right now. Larry Ingram, of course. With me as well, and we'll go to Drive Radio here as soon as we're done with this, so have all your car questions ready. First question before I get to those ones, I just asked you a moment ago, oh, because I thought this would be an easy one we'd get out of the way. Can you patch small chips in granite or marble? Yes, you can. Okay. I assume that just, you know, you either need to know something. My, my thought on that for whoever's asking this, you need somebody that's professional that knows how to do that, get it to bond correctly, look correctly, so that when it's all said and done, it doesn't look patched.
2: It's gonna go down the same path as the um, the painted
4: cabinets yeah you gotta have a bonded here on and on we go right right,
2: right. yeah the same, same exact path all the way down it and and they sell kits out there for the amateur to do it um, unless you've got pneumatic sanders and or the tools to grind and polish um, you're yeah. you're gonna it's gonna look like a patch
4: that's right it's that's what, right Yep, Great That's point.
2: What's going to, you know, right. and, and they can even, you know, good guys can come in. They can even, you know, fix a full crack, you know, like yes, like they to, can. Something.
4: Yes, I've seen that. And and these yeah. guys that you're talking about are are solid. They they know exactly what to do. Absolutely, yep. and I do
2: have recommendations for guys. That okay, fix
4: perfect. Without a doubt. Perfect. Uh, real quick before we get back to the other question, this is I have a personal question. I've got granite in my kitchen, and I, for the life of me, have been trying to figure out exactly what they did. Not complaining because that was a great idea. When they did the granite countertops, they put a super high gloss finish on the countertops, almost like a polyurethane that really has protected the granite very, very well to where. I mean they're almost bulletproof wind, but I, for the life of me cannot tell you know I've never seen any other granite look like that. I don't know what they put on it to make it look that way, but wh- whoever did it did a fabulous job. I just don't know what it is.
2: Maybe they coated it in an epoxy. Um, it doesn't scratch no then it then it's probably not an epoxy it It could be just and and this is this is a rule of thumb for anybody that should take this away with them if if nothing else. The surface of the granite and or quartz, quartzite, all of those are surfaced by massive machines in a factory to a level that nothing that anybody in the field can touch. So if you put a grinder to the surface of the granite, it's ruined.
4: Mm -hmm. You're
2: Mm -hmm. never going to get it back to that polish.
4: Yep, You're, you're right. Makes total sense. All right, so give us the input on using the different surfaces, stone surfaces in the kitchen, one perimeter, one island. I've seen this done, I think, sometimes when it looks really, really well, depending upon how it was designed and what they did. I've seen others where it's like, oh, my word, that's hideous.
2: You're, you're 100% correct. I actually I like to do it in some places. Some places I don't. It really depends on the customer's taste. But if, if it looks like I pieced together a kitchen, then it looks wrong. Yeah. If it looks if it looks awesome, then it's great.
4: Agree. It really this and, and the other thing about this, in my opinion, when I'm not a designer, but I think a lot of it has to do with the space itself. If you've got a larger space and you can get those things farther apart, I think it ends up looking good. The closer they are together, personally speaking, I think it starts to look like a hodgepodge. That's just my own opinion.
2: If, if it looks like a hodgepodge, it probably was. Yeah. Oh. oh, we got we got this slab and we got that slab, right? And right. we got
4: a we got a discount, so we'll just use those two. Different yeah, colors. thank you. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Epoxy countertops, talk about those. Not a fan of them. We just we just
2: kind of covered it. Um, epoxy is a glue, and even brought to a high polish, it scratches easily. Mm-hmm piece of sand on the bottom of the coffee cup oh yeah we'll scratch
4: yeah okay yeah yeah that would not be fun that's the last thing you want because you're just going to be redoing them and dinking with them all the time
2: you're going to be you, you, you might as well keep the polisher right there up by the kitchen
4: yeah exactly because you're just going to be messing with that on an ongoing basis yeah that makes total sense okay um i know this is tough Budgetary wise, that's the other thing I think I see people make a big mistake on is they get an idea of okay we're going to redo the kitchen I've got this much to spend and I know this is where a designer can come in and say okay well yeah we might be able to meet the budget or no you better add some money to it or something. but rule of thumb what are you looking at on kitchen remodels and I know it's probably based on a you know square footage you know type basis but what are, what should folks be figuring in a roundabout number?
2: I'm I'm a bad one to ask that John because I do, I walk into a kitchen. And someone will say, "What do you think our budgetary number is?" I look at it. I go, "I think this kitchen is going to be twenty-one thousand for the cabinets." And I'm only talking to cabinets because I don't know what they're going to pick for granite. True. I don't know what they're going to pick for appliances.
4: You know. True. But
2: uh, and unfortunately, even me knowing in this world, I miss it time and again. You know. And and, and what happens is, and I really tell customers, let's not do, let's not have that conversation because when i say that 21,000 figure that's the number that's that's, that's the right. only then that's all well they year. heard
4: yeah you're right no good point
2: For the rest of our conversation that's the only number they heard good point so when they upgrade you know three different spots from what we originally talked about and then they also go to a better line of cabinets they're like well how'd we get to 27,000 right i thought you said 20
4: 20- like, right. Do you remember the part? No, that's great. No, just, so same thing. i on, to... you know, I used to tell tell my my guys, and I still train this way when I'm coaching auto shops. You have to be very, very careful, even when you're yep. estimating and throwing numbers out when it comes to car repair, because exact same thing, you know, there happens. Uh, when this one just came in, one last question from some of the folks that have been asking about, you know, the granite, the marble, those different things. What's the best sealer for stone countertops?
2: There's a vinyl sealer. I I can't remember the name of it, but. There's a lot of good ones, and the great thing is most of them, you know. And and one of the things people don't do, um, you should clean your countertops off once a year, once every two years, clean them off 100%, scrub them down, and reseal them.
4: Mm, good point. Okay.
2: Um, and the biggest one that's guilty of this is um, soapstone should be oiled once a year, okay. no matter what.
4: Okay. Good to know. Good to know.
2: Uh, Soapstone can be made to look horrible in three years by not sealing it.
4: Okay, good one. Okay, good tip lighting this is a question charlie had where you know you get into a lot of places where somebody didn't think through the lighting they put a light right over the kitchen sink so when you bend in to do the dishes you're now blocking the light you can't see anything or they hang the pennants too too low and people are banging their heads on them or you know they're at the dining room table they they go to stand up maybe lean in a little bit and they're hitting the chandelier give us your thoughts on lighting as we get things wrapped up here
2: it's lighting is you know it's another whole design element that uh Either your lighting, de- your either your kitchen designer can be really good at it, or they can fail at it. It's something you just got to pay attention to. Um, and just like Charlie was saying, you know, we we put our LEDs on our on our wall cabinets out at the front of the cabinet, yep. so that we're wall- so that we're lighting up all the countertop, yep, not at the back where we put something in front of it and block the light,
4: yep. No, I you, I've seen both. I I was lucky enough again. Whoever redid my kitchen did a did a good job because they're all at the front and it lights up everything underneath it. No matter what kind of appliances or things you have under the under the cabinets themselves. Yep,
2: and uh, there's a lot of a uh, lot, lot of really cool new stuff with LEDs. Yes, that is out. That is uh, very very nice. Um, they're actually finally getting them to a point where you're not looking at all these dots. Um, you got to be careful with that because. Um, you mentioned that you have – I haven't seen your personal kitchen. I've only seen your uh, the one in your, your studio. Um, High-polished countertops, LEDs that don't have a good uh, diffuser on them. You can look into the LEDs,
4: into the countertop, good point. and see all the dots. Good point. Good point. No, so, yeah, No. So I'm lucky thought. that whoever did mine did not do that. I was very fortunate. Again, whoever did mine did a really good – Good job on it, so I, and I'll I'll have you out at some point and look at that in, in, as well. Got a few changes we might want to make, so I'll, I'll get you out and have a peek at that. Um, question: When it comes to the lighting, do you feel like that's always an afterthought, or if you've got the right designer, they're they're walking through that all at the same time?
2: It should be. It should be within the drawings up front.
4: Okay, got it. You know. <laughs> and it, no, it makes sense. Okay, one last question. We got we got like a minute left. One last question. How important is it? And I know it's depending upon ceiling height and all of that. But you see a lot of kitchens where they go all the way to the roof, you know, all the way to the ceiling with the cabinets. No crown. You know, maybe put a crown molding on that. But the cabinets are going all the way up. There's no space up above. And I know if you've got a really really tall ceiling, that's probably just not going to happen. But how important is that to do, or not?
2: Its designer and or homeowner's choice. Uh, some people like to have that display on top of the cabinets. Some people don't want that; they just see it as a dirt catcher, you know. So it's really a personal choice.
4: Okay, so that one again comes down to design. How does it look in the kitchen? You want everything to flow and look good, and so on. I think ultimately that's what we're really trying to get people to understand. When is you want it to work for you, but you also want it to work for the next person that's coming in that either is maybe appraising the home or you may be selling the home at some point. And, again, things in life change, folks. And, again, when we, we can all say, oh, I'm never moving again. I'm going to live here the rest of my life. I've never understood that thought process because there's all sorts of capital gains advantages and not doing that. But, so I, I digress. Um, bottom line, a lot of people think they're going to live there forever, but they don't think through some of the things we've just mentioned today.
2: I, I totally agree with you, but uh, my wife says we're not moving out of that, that house.
0: Well, you know, the other side of the coin is, if you're 30 years old and you moved into the house, doing different cabinets and, and putting things on top of the cabinets, that's okay.
4: But as you get older, you have to get up there and dust it that's and true. clean it. That's right. Good point, Larry. You, you want to take care of that. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, that's a great point. <laughs> when and I haven't done this yet. Give folks your phone number in, in case they've got something specific they want to ask after we're done.
0: Yep,
2: 720-300-9400. That's
4: easy. 720 300 Wynn, thanks for taking time with us today. I appreciate it very much. I know it was kind of last minute this week and having you come on. I appreciate you taking time out of your Saturday morning for us.
2: Thank you, John. Thank you
4: greatly. Woodworking Wonders. He's actually a contact I met through Scott Watley. He does some stuff in the hunting world as well. So some of you listening may have heard him on Sportsman of Colorado, which, again, follows up right after Drive Radio each and every Saturday. So if you've heard Wynn there, that's where you'll understand the – the voice and the the name and all of that so that that's kind of my in with win and I appreciate him joining us and Larry I think bottom line got about a minute left here but bottom line is really think and I will give some advice think through this even before a designer go look at some other homes go look at some show homes in a exactly. new in a new yep. area look at what some of the new things are not necessarily the The color trends, because some of those guys can get off on some areas that I'm not sure that I fully agree with, but the design of the type of things that are out now, the different fixtures that are available. I mean, there's all sorts of things now that have become available even in the last five to ten years that frankly didn't exist 20 years ago when you may have redone the kitchen the last time. So go out, get some ideas on things, and really get things dialed in. All right, we're going to have Drive Radio coming up next. This is a Saturday live show on the 25th of March. We've got Drive Radio following. If you're listening on Tuesday, by the way, rush to reason follows, but we'll be right back. This is Fix It Radio, KLZ 560.